Welcome back to Open Your Door. Before we begin, I want to take a moment to pray. Dear Father God, thank you for this opportunity to meet and share. Lord, I pray for your presence to be with us. I pray for your blessing, and I pray that you open up the hearts and the minds, and you speak for me. Lord, as always, it's a privilege to dive into your word. Thank you so much. In your name I pray. Amen. I want to talk about hope and the culture of fear. What is the culture of fear? Fearing the wrong thing results in addressing the wrong problems with the wrong solutions, leaving the real fears unattended until they become epidemics. According to the Merriam-Webster Online Dictionary, the definition of fear is this. An unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger and accompanied by increased autonomic activity. Fear can be a very powerful and unpleasant emotion. What are some things right now that are causing this culture of fear? We could go with the grocery shortage. From baby, baby formula shortage, cream cheese shortage, aluminum shortage, cat food, dog food shortages, lunchable shortages, toilet paper shortage, plastic shortage, chicken and beef shortages. Grocery stores across the country have grown more acute in recent weeks since the emergence of the Omicron and since the emergence of the high fuel prices, the winter storms we've been experiencing. These have piled onto the supply chain struggles and the labor shortages. The shortages have been reported nationwide and they're widespread. This is impacting all aspects of grocery. Have you not been to the store recently and you've seen the impact of the empty shelves or the one item covers the entire seven foot section? We've talked about the COVID, which is causing fears. As of last month, there was over 76 million confirmed cases or 900,000 deaths. Globally, there's over 5 million deaths as of last month. Let's talk about homicides. In the United States, the CDC National Center of Health Statistics released it early Wednesday that the homicide rate has increased 30% between the years of 2019 and 2020. This is the highest it's been in modern history. There's a headline from the New York Daily News that in NYC ends 2021 with an uptick in violent crimes in subways, assault and homicide numbers not seen in 25 years. The San Antonio Express, spontaneous random and all over city, homicides rise while other violent crimes fall in 2021. Yahoo News, US murder rate highest it's been in 25 years as big cities shatter records. Let's talk about climate disasters. Let's talk about the fact that as early as October of 2021, the National Center of Environmental Information states that the United States has experienced 18 weather slash climate disasters with losses exceeding 1 billion each time. This is a record high. The average number of billion dollar disasters per year is seven. Let me read some off to you. You have the censure severe from July to 8. You had June 24th through 26th in Minnesota. You had multiple hurricanes and tornadoes. You've had massive fires over on the West Coast. You've had severe droughts in Idaho, New Mexico. You had flooding in parts of California with fires in California. Texas and Oklahoma, thunderstorms, tornadoes. 
East Coast was pelted as well. North America had a winter storm that caused 223 deaths in February. In May, the cyclone attacked India, the Indian state, killing 174 people, with 80 still missing up to this date. The Haiti earthquake happened in August. 2,240 people passed away. Again, we talked about the wildfires that hit during the summer. That was global. The Western North America heat wave, which caused 1,400 people to pass away. In August, we also had the four hurricanes, as I before mentioned. We had the nasty fires that broke out and the volcanoes that happened in the Spanish island of La Palma. Swarms of locusts in the Middle East, flash budding in Indonesia, massive quakes in China, India, Russia, Turkey, the Caribbean, Iran, and the Philippines. There are stories of cities being washed away from flash floods that never had seen before. How about unemployment rate? The unemployment rate was at 3.9% in December of last year, which was a 0.3 percentage points lower than November. This is still higher than unemployment before the pandemic, luckily, which is around 3.5%. This all still adds to the fear factor that we have. Let's talk about wars. We currently are going through a war that is the whole world aware of, Russia and Ukraine. But some of the other wars, the conflicts, that are still happening. There's wars in Mexico over drug trade. Afghanistan and Yemen are still at war. The Middle East, Northwest Asia, Sub-Saharan Africa, these are all wars happening right now. Since 2011, Nigerian bandit conflict is still going active. As of this year, the latest polls of last month was 210 people have died. Last year, 830. Since the conflict begun in Nigeria, 12,000 people. Liber Liberian, Libyan crisis, 30,000 to 43,000 since the start of the 2011. Insurgency of Egypt since 2013, there's already, there's already been 6,000 deaths. Philippine drug war. It's around 8,000. This year alone, we're already over 100. There's wars going on and rumors of war going on. Not just your own personal thing, but this is a global-wide culture of fear that has happened. Most don't have hope. Most are living this day-to-day -day afraid, not understanding what's going on. So I went to the dictionary. The dictionary says the definition of hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for certain things to happen. Well, President Franklin Roosevelt said it best. We have always held to the hope, the belief, the conviction that there is a better life, a better world beyond the horizon. There's a man named Jean-Paul Satire. He was a leading figure in the 20th century French philosophy and Marxism and was outspoken atheist. He wrote, I know I shall die in hope, but hope needs a foundation. What is the foundation that he is missing that you and I have found? Well, Romans chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. This gives you the biblical example of what we have. As it is written, I have made you father of many nations. In the presence of him who he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. This was to Abraham. This was a promise for his offspring. 
that even his wife was of older age and so was he they still had faith and they still believed they held on to hope and they were rewarded what are some other christian definitions of hope jeremiah 14:22 you are the one o lord our god only you can do such things so we will wait for you to help us or timothy 1:1 1, 1, god our savior and the lord jesus christ our hope romans chap romans 8 24 and 25 for we were saved in this hope but hope that is seen is not hope for why does one still hope for what he sees but if we hope for what we do not see we eagerly wait for the perseverance the hope of god fills your heart it preserves you it strengthens you and carries you through hope saves you i'm gonna give you seven reasons why we should hope according to paul Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blemish before him in love, having foreordained us unto adoption as sons through Jesus Christ unto himself, according to the good pleasure of his will chose you before the foundation of the world that's powerful if you keep going down to ephesians verse 18 it says having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is hope to which he has called you what are the riches of his glory inheritance in the saints the hope to which he has called you this ending thing comes after the the Paul's prayer, verses 15 through 23, refers back to these verses we just read. Blessed be the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing and in heavenly places in Christ. Heavenly places. Christ is in heaven, and he's given you blessing from him. You have heaven's blessing, that you've been chosen before this world, that you have your hope in him. Can I get an amen for that? Romans 5, 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given us. Think of a time period this was written. Most early Christians came from slavery. They were used to being disappointed. They dealt with disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Then here's Paul writing this. Now hope does not disappoint. This is different than what you're used to. This stands above what you need. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given us. By the Comforter. That was the gift from Christ. Romans 5 verses 1 and 2 now. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The wage of sin is paid. If you give yourself to him and accept him as your savior, then sinful as your life may have been, for his sake you are accounted Righteous. That's taken from a book, Steps to Christ, page 62. Because you have been justified by faith. And you have the peace with God through Jesus 
to have the access by faith with him. That means you are literally your your faith and your hope and faith means you have access through Christ to God. You have heavenly power. You've been given the spiritual gifts. You've been given the comforter. This is your hope. This is your peace. This is where your faith lies. In Hebrews chapter 6 now, verses 19 and 20. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So who is our anchor? Jesus. I like this terminology. We have an anchor of the soul. We've heard many times that Christ is our cornerstone. That he's our firm foundation. I I enjoy the fact it says anchor here. As someone who likes boats, when you're on a turbulent river and you need to throw down a good anchor to make sure you don't keep drifting downstream, you need an anchor during a storm so your boat's not tossed side to side and thrown onto the shore. In our lives, we are thrown with many trials. And many storms come our way that we need a good anchor to keep us steady, keep us where we need to be out of harm's way. And we have that. We have that hope. We have that faith in him that if we're both sure and steadfast, they, which enters the presence behind the veil. Yet again, it says the presence behind the veil. That means in heaven, Christ is in the most holy place right now. That means with through faith and our hope, we are there with him. We are transcending, essentially. Letters and manuscripts, page 100, 1895. In Christ, our hope of eternal life is centered. Speaking of this hope, Paul declares, God willing more abundantly to show us to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to take hold of the hope set before us, in which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters to that within the veil. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, the hope is set before us, what is it? It is eternal life. Nothing short of this will satisfy our Redeemer. And it is our part to lay hold of this hope by living faith in him who has promised. If we are partakers with him of his sufferings, we shall be partakers with him of the glory which will be his. For his merits have purchased forgiveness and immortality for every sinful perishing soul. This hope we have as an anchor to the soul both sure and steadfast. By this we are to understand that our constant expectation of God's favor is the heavenly world which has been purchased for us by the atonement and intercession of Jesus Christ, is to keep us steadfast and unmovable in every hour of conflict. With such hope as this before us, shall we allow Satan to cast his hellish shadow across our pathway and eclipse our views of the future world? Powerful. He is our anchor. We are with him in faith. He has paid the sin. That price has been paid by his merit. We are to lay hold of him, suffer as he suffered, so our reward will be heaven with him. Let's move on. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, 
hope and glory. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 and 18. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those that who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with a trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Powerful. Don't be ignorant, brethren. For those who have fallen asleep, for those who have passed away, for those who are no longer with us. Don't sorrow like those who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died. You have this hope that Jesus died and rose again. Why? Because even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, those who are with Jesus, those who made Jesus their anchor, their cornerstone, those who have their faith and belief and love him. They too will be raised. For the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are saved. They will not go first. The Lord himself will descend from heaven. And those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. That means those who are asleep, dead, and no longer with us, as they're being resurrected, and those who are alive will meet them in the air together. We will be one with our Lord. That is a powerful hope, a powerful promise. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. His own people, those who are zealous for good works. Again, powerful. It's the grace of God that brings us salvation. That's appeared to everybody. Teaching us that deny your worldly lusts. Live for Jesus. Make him your anchor. Choose to serve him. Why? <laughs> because you have this hope. You've been given this promise. That he has done enough to get you there. Sacrifice with him as we just read. See, the Bible gives you more hope than you think. I just read you seven promises, seven encouragements, but it gives you more than that. Did you know that there's 1,845 references in the Bible of his second coming? 17 books in the Old Testament talk about the second coming. 318 verses in the New Testament talk about his second coming. Hope is established by Christ, with Christ, through Christ, that he will come again, that he will raise our loved ones. He is with us through all the events of our life, through all of the calamities that we go through. He knows the pain that we know. He understands how we feel. He knows how we think because he is our shepherd and he is our guide. There's a pastor named Mark Finley. He said, hope changes how you see yourself. It's never dormant. 
It's always in action. In Christ, we have our hope. See, hope changes us from victims of this world to pilgrims on our journey home. From the KCBI listener-supported radio station out of North Texas, it says, Allow God to access to it. No one knows your heart, your hurts, and your hang-ups like Jesus. He has faced every fear and suffered every emotion that you and I have. Take it to him as often as you need to, but allow him to speak into it. That looks like a daily habit of scripture. Spend 20 minutes minimum a day. We need to have this very least to allow God to speak to us out of our 1,440 minutes a day. And see, in all your temporal concerns and all your cares and your anxieties, wait upon the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Whenever you have these issues come up, this is important to devotion. For 20 minutes out of 1440, give it to the Lord. Grow in Him. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God is good all the time. I want to give a challenge out. I want everybody who listens to this, that each time you get a phone call, each time you get a text message, jot that down. Keep a running tally. It doesn't have to be accurate 100%, but keep it within a ballpark figure. And then I want you to take a separate tally at how many times you send up a quick prayer. So, Because all prayer is is communication. So I want people to realize that we communicate with our loved ones here on earth, but we don't communicate as much as our Father in heaven. Then I want you to do is if you see the numbers are absurdly way abstractly off, work on it. Get the numbers that you talk to God in a quick prayer, a quick thank you, quick Jay, just checking in. Get that number closer. Develop that relationship. Develop that communion. He's coming back. That's a promise. That's the hope that we live our lives to worship him because our father has said, I have to go away now, but I will come back for you. So he's coming back. He wants his children waiting for him, his loved ones. And he promised you that your loved ones you have here on earth have passed away. Don't fret. If they love me and they know me, then they will see me and they will see you because together we'll be caught in heaven. That when something happens, your calamities, your trials, your anxieties... Go to me and give me your burdens for mine are light. These are promises and hopes that you and I have. When Jean-Paul Satire said, I have a hope, but there's not a foundation. You and I have the foundation. We have the anchor. That's Christ Jesus who gave us the comforter. He's known you from the foundation of the world. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows your ins and outs. He has lived the life here and he's suffered. So he knows what it feels to be have anxiety, fears. He understands what you're going through. Go to him. Give it to him. I challenge you. Go to him daily, at least 20 minutes. Keep a running tally. Try to make them equal. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Put him into your heart. Accept that hope. Accept that faith. God bless.